0: Good Friday to you. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Gary Gatehouse, the preacher of conservatism, is on the air. I hope your folks are having a great day wherever you're at in God's big, beautiful world. Got a lot to talk about today, so uh, let's saddle up. It's a beautiful day down here in South Texas, about 95 degrees, kind of cloudy, a little breeze. Otherwise, it's just a, oh, I don't know, a happy, good, good day here in South Texas, provided by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every day is a good day. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, moms and dads, grandmothers and grandfathers, older brothers and sisters, all you veterans, retired and active duty, all you folks that have children all you folks that have children in, enrolled in public school. All you parents out there, and I know, being a parent myself, my children have grown up and left the nest, of course, but I have grandchildren. And being concerned as I am, as my wife is, about my grandchildren now in the environment they grow up in, the school systems they grow up in, public school systems, you know, when you... Uh, Get your little child ready for school in the morning, whether they be, I don't know, pre-kindergarten, sixth grader, high school, whatever. And you get them ready, you get them some breakfast, and they get all their clothes up, uh, get them put on, and they sit down at the breakfast table, and they, small talk, you know, you've, you've been through this scenario. And it comes time for them to catch the big yellow school bus, and you give them their lunch box or their lunch money, and you say, have a good day, I'll see you when you come home, mostly Uh, stay-at-home moms uh, kind of uh, have experienced this. They see their kids go out the door for school in the morning, and they see them coming in. Hi, Mom, how you doing? I had a great day. What are you doing? You got anything to eat? You know, that kind of thing. Kind of makes a mom real happy. But in between those two times, moms doing their daily chores, doing their work, doing their business around the house, they worry about their kids, as do their fathers. Worry about their kids. You know, I don't, like I said, most kids get on the yellow school bus. Some parents load them up, put them in a family truckster, and take them to school every day, let them off. And they see them walk through the schoolhouse door. And when they walk through that schoolhouse door, we all know that those children, our children, have somebody else in charge of them for six, seven hours a day. We're at the mercy of what the schoolhouse and the curriculums they're teaching from. Are teaching our children the federal programs that that particular school your kid might go to, has signed on to. And you know, most kids today, when they come home from school in the evening, they don't want to talk about what's going on in school. They want to go out and play. They want to play their video games, watch a TV show, whatever. But I would make it almost imperative that you ask your children every day and sit down and talk to them for at least five minutes. Give them Five minutes. What's going on? What happened in school today, Billy or Mary? What did, What did you learn today? Just let Mama know or uh, let Dad know. We We just kind of we're interested. We know what want to know what's going on, and just listen to what they have to say. Get more active in your school, on your school board, the PTA, whatever. Get more active. Put your uh, ear to the wall, if you will, and see what's going on. Listen to your neighbors. Get your neighbors together that have kids in school and talk about what the schoolhouse is teaching your kids. Why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? Because, ladies and gentlemen of America, I did a show Monday, and I did a show last Friday. And I talked about all the possibilities that our children are being faced with in the schoolhouse, in the, in the environment that they are raised in, etc., in the United States of America, whether it be television, pornography, Whatever. But there's another threat to your children, especially your daughters and your sons, of course. But we're going to talk about your daughters right now in school. Middle school and high school students can't get a Coca-Cola or a candy bar at 13 Seattle public schools. Now listen to this, moms and dads, please listen to this. They can't get a Coca-Cola or a candy bar at 13 Seattle Public Schools, but they can get a taxpayer-funded contraceptive device, such as an IUD, implanted in your child without your consent or without ever knowing it. School-Based Health Clinics In at least 13 Seattle-area public schools and middle schools, offer long-lasting or long-acting reversible contraceptives, LARCs, including IUDs and hormonal implants to students in 6th grade and above at no cost, and this is according to Washington state officials. Now, I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to go back a little bit in time, because over the years, I have reported to the American people via my radio show, the Gary Gatehouse radio show, all of the bad things that are going down in the schoolhouse. When they started, who sponsors them, who carries them out, etc. Now, way back in the 1930s and 1940s, the National Education Association came up with the idea of having... Public schools with health care clinics attached. Not just a nurse putting a band-aid on a little kid's scraped knee. I'm talking about in-depth things, about giving Ritalin and giving uh, uh, drugs to kids under the guise that they won't calm down, they can't uh, control them, etc. We've drugged our kids down. And that was all part of the plan through the NEA over the decades. If you don't believe Gary Gatehouse, do some damn research and bel- and check it out yourself. School-based health clinics in at least 13 Seattle public high schools and middle schools are offering long-acting, long-acting reversible contraceptives (LARCs), including IUDs and hormonal implants to students in 6th grade and above at no cost, and like I said, according to Washington state officials. Now, LARCs are associated with serious side effects, mom and dad, such as uterine perforation and infection. The state and federally funded contraceptive services are made possible by a, a program, a federally funded program called Take Charge. A Washington State Medicaid program which provides free birth control to adults who are uninsured, lack contraceptive coverage, have an income at or below 260% of the Federal Poverty Act, or in this case to teens who don't want their parents to know they're on birth control. Parents, do you know if your daughter's on birth control or not? If you haven't authorized it, have you ever asked her, Do you get birth control pills at school? Do you get birth control uh, devices implanted in you at school? Does the school encourage that? In an email exchange with the Washington State Healthcare Authority, take charge spokesperson... Acknowledged that underage students are eligible for a full array of covered family planning services at school-based clinics if their parents meet the program's requirements. This particular program, Take Charge, added that a student who does not want their parents to know they are seeking reproductive health services is allowed to apply for Take Charge using their own income. And if they are uninsured under their parents' plan, the insurance would not be billed. The school is doing this behind the parents' backs. They are encouraging young girls to get this, and I'm going to put it bluntly, so if they want, they can go out and screw their brains out and never have to worry about getting pregnant because the school will make sure that they never get pregnant. And the school will never tell the parent that their child, their daughter is doing this behind their back. Now the ta- take charge spokesman when asked if a 6th grader could get an IUD implanted without parental consent take charge told. Told the interviewer, we encourage all take-charge providers to offer long-acting, reversible contraceptives, LARCs, in their clinics. A young person does not need parental consent to obtain a LRC or any other contraceptive method. If the young person is not choosing abstinence, she would be able to select an LARC and have it inserted without her parental cons- uh, consent. Now, there's there's a lot of things here that you've got to consider. First of all, you have a daughter, and she is active, sex, sex, sexually active. You either don't, are not paying attention to the, uh, what's going on in her life, or you're just too damn dumb to, dumb to understand all the things that lead up to it and all the things that send up red flags within your house. You never talk to her, you never ask her. Now, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if your daughter goes to the health clinic and says, I want an IUD inserted in me. I do not want my parents to know. The health clinic says, okay, come in this other room here and we'll put one in you. Who is it that's putting that in your daughter? Who's inserting it in your daughter? Do you know? Do you care? But while students, while students can't get a soda from the cafeteria due to the Seattle School Board's 2000 van... On junk food, 2004 ban on junk food, they can get an IUD implanted in their school's health center without their parents' knowledge or permission. Now, according to the Washington State Medicaid website, health centers at four middle schools and nine high schools in Seattle participate in the Take Charge program. Other Take Charge providers are located in close proximity to the school. Ladies and gentlemen of America... How sick are we getting? We're turning our daughters over to some health clinic attached to a school that she attends and telling them by not doing or asking or going and making sure things like that are not going on, we're letting her going carte blanche against you, trying to raise her in a moral environment and allowing the heathens in the school to do this to her. You know what? Seattle school-based clinics participating in the program include Aki Carros Middle School, Washington Middle School, Denny Middle School, Madison Middle School, Franklin High School, Nathan High School, Roosevelt High School, West Seattle High School, Garfield High School, Ingram High School, Rainier Beach High School, South Lake High School, and Chief uh, Self International High School. Parents, if you have daughters or sons attending those high schools or middle schools, I would be beating the damn door down right now. You know, people say, well, what just exactly is take charge program?" The Take Charge program is for Washington state residents who are US citizens or legal permanent residents who want to prevent pregnancy but have no health insurance covering program or other Medicaid coverage. Like I said to qualify to take charge you cannot already be pregnant and your monthly income must be less than family size monthly income. One person 2300 a month, two people Plus you, 3100 a month. You plus two more, 3900 a month. Four people plus you, 4800 a month. For each additional person at another $825. Your application will be verified. And it is so important to accurately report your income. Tens and teens and take charge. If you are 18 or younger... Living with your parents, you may be covered by their health insurance. If your parents know you are using birth control, please bring their health insurance information with your appointment at the health center at the school. If you do not want your parents to know you're using birth control and keep the service you receive confidential, you may apply for Take Charge. Your parents' insurance will not be billed. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America... We have become a country of people who don't give a damn about their parents. People who could care less about their parents. Who's influencing them at anywhere, any environment that your kids might be in. Bottom line, girls under 18, here is your IUD. Now go out and fornicate like we have taught you in sex class to do. The complete corruption of our children via the public school system... Washington State, one of, if not the most, liberal socialist states in America, and it seems to be ran by secularist, immorals, individuals calling themselves teachers. Destroy the family. That's the main mission. And these people are not teachers by any stretch of the imagination. They are change agents. National Education Association change agents teaching from the NEA's curriculum, the sex curriculum that they have developed in that particular public school system. Parents with young daughters in these schools, how many of you know of this? Or should I ask how many of you really care what they are passing out, inserting, etc., in or to your daughters? You know, would a parent say something like, well, I know my sixth or seventh grade daughter is sexually active. And there's no way I can influence or stop her, so she might as well have this device inserted, and the best thing i'd uh, it'd be the best thing i don't and really, I don't have to pay for it. Is that a modern day reaction from a liberal parent? Yeah, it is concerned parents you need to educate yourself on this government handout program, one that encourages your daughters and yes your sons. To participate in, for no better term, a government program that encourages fornication with no consequences. Now, if you want to learn more, if you want to learn more about what I'm talking about, here's the address you can go to on the internet: www.plannedparenthood. That's right, Planned Parenthood, all one word. org slash planned dash parenthood, dash, great, dash, northwest, slash, take, dash, charge. That's right. Planned Parenthood is behind this. Planned Parenthood, the very same people that encourage abortions, the very same people that murder unborn babies by the millions, are now... Messing with your daughters to the point of inserting IUDs into them physically. So they can go out and fornicate whenever they feel like. And your sons don't have to worry about getting any of them pregnant. Because they have an IUD device or uh, health uh, birth control pills that Planned Parenthood in conjunction with your schools and this program have provided. And you think people out in Utah or Missouri or, oh, I don't know, some southern state, Alabama, Georgia, you think that'll never happen in your school? You better damn well check it might already be happening. You better damn well check, America. Our country is in the cesspool. The people who teach your kids are in a cesspool. And they're messing with them mentally and physically. And it's all under the guise of past laws and legislation that they're using to do it with. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Mrs. Schlafly is a constitutional attorney, conservative icon, and author of more than 20 books, including The Supremacists, A Choice Not an Echo, Turbo Reader, and the revealing new book, Who Killed the American Family? And now... The President of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly.
2: Independence Day has many traditions associated with it. Many Americans will celebrate with fireworks. Some will celebrate with picnics and parades. All these are great things, but I would like to see a new tradition on Independence Day. Every American should set time aside on this important day to read the document that we celebrate, the Declaration of Independence. This important document did not simply declare our separation from Great Britain. The Declaration laid forth the exceptional foundation on which our nation was built. Liberal educators do not want their students to read the Declaration of Independence because that would reveal the truth about America's religious foundation. The Declaration affirms God's existence as a self-evident truth that requires no further discussion or debate. Based on this fact, the Declaration boldly states that rights are given by God equally to all. This is important because every other nation prior to America had a system in which rights were given out by the government or a king. Our founders wanted to make a totally new system that recognizes that rights are given by God and therefore not subject to the whims of government officials. The Declaration mentions God in five different roles. God is supreme lawmaker. God as creator of all men. God is the source of all rights. God is the world's supreme judge. And God is our protector on whom we can rely. Our Founding Fathers believed in the Declaration so much that they concluded it with these stirring words. For the support of this Declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. It's time to add a new tradition to your list of things to do on Independence Day. Teach your children about our Christian heritage.
1: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report. If you'd like to find out more reasons why the Declaration of Independence is a religious document, then write to Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002. Ask for Mrs. Schlafly's view on the Declaration of Independence. Once again, that's Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002. And join us each weekday as we explore today's most important issues on the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
0: All right, our nation's birthday coming up, July 4th, and I would just like to say a big howdy to all my armed forces out there, the Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard. Thanks for tuning in to the Gary Gatehouse radio show over the years. Wishing you all a happy 4th of July. Take care. God bless. We're praying for you. all you jet jockeys out there stand up and salute in the United States Navy. All right, all you jarheads out there. Let's get with it. Let's dress it up. Let's look sharp. It's the 4th of July. let's hit the rusty trail all you dog faces out there united states army god bless every one of you and your families yeah i'd like to pass this along to all you weasels out there all you limp wristed little tweaks that think you going to burn the american flag over the fourth you better hope and pray there's not veterans standing around or bikers you might just wish you'd never even thought of it And to all you guys up there that stood for the flag this yesterday, thank you very much. God bless you. You know, folks, you read the newspapers and you read about these little weasels, these little slime balls, these little scumbags. They walk around with their little stocking caps on at 90 degree temperatures. Walk around with their little sleazy looking decimated bodies. And they get a flag, an American flag, and they all stand around and salivate over how they're going to burn it and desecrate it. Like I said, they better be hopeful. They better pray that there's not veterans around. They better pray there's not active duty personnel around. Because you see, us folks that fought for that flag, us folks that fought on foreign soil, so you sleazebag scumbags, can even walk out of your house in the middle of the day without somebody trying to nuke you or whatever. We, the people who served in the military, even though I hate to say it, we serve to still give you the right to burn that flag if you want. But that does not take away the right of an individual that has served to make sure that you take real good care of that flag and not put a match to it. Or not stand on it. Or not spit on it. Or not crap on it. We'll just be there to kind of help you make sure you understand the rules and regulations as far as honoring the American flag. What it stands for. You little scumbag. I can't use the word. I wish I could, but I can't. You little skinny, pencil-necked, pieces of P.O.S., SOBs You're not worth you're not worth even licking a military person's boot. You're not even in that category of even standing within five miles of a military person. You know, ladies and gentlemen, our, our country seems to be more and more going to the side of these types of sleaze balls. Where do they learn all of this? They learn it in school. Let's just be blunt about it. They learn it in school. This is in my monologue. This school is doing everything it can to destroy America, destroy what America's about, to destroy everything myself and millions of others stood on the battlefield, battle line, since the United States was created to protect. The school is tearing it apart, ripping it apart. And they're teaching these little slime balls. All of the stuff I just talked about. And these little slime balls. They don't have to worry. There's no draft. Even if there's a war today. They have in their mind that there's no draft. They won't be called up. Somebody else will do it for them. It's about damn time. America. Darn it. It's about time. That you people... You veterans, you folks that serve in the military, your families be honored every darn day. You're the only ones in America, the only ones, besides our, our uh, police forces, that understand what America is about. The only ones doing service for their country, sacrificing for their country. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we have a president in the White House who colors it the rainbow colors of the homosexual movement and just enjoys that so much. That limp-wristed POS would not join the military. He would have ran away from it if we asked to put the uniform of one of the four services on. He would have ran away from it. And along with everybody else in his cabinet along with three-quarters, if not almost all, of the people in Congress. Do you think they encourage your sons and daughters to join? Or oh, you you better not join that military unless you have, uh, oh, I don't know, political aspirations. It might help you a little bit. It used to, I don't think it will anymore. I don't want you anything to do with military. Stay away from it. So who serves in the military for the most part? Who keeps... Holidays free from those who would want to cut our heads off, such as the Fourth of July. Who keeps us free to the point where we can all gather in our backyards if we want and have a barbecue and have neighbors and friends and family over without looking over our shoulder to see if somebody's pointing a gun at us? Who keeps us free? Is it Obama? Is it Congress? Is it the, oh, I don't know, the... The people who run the media. No, it's none of them. It's the United States military that keeps us free. It's our police forces that keep us free here on the home front. Nobody else. Nobody else is sacrificing. Everybody else is out enjoying Fourth of July. And there might be some guy, some Billy, some Mary, some uh, Larry or whatever over in Afghanistan... Or as an advisor in Iraq or somewhere with their flak jackets on, their M60 machine guns, or M16s, whatever, their assault rifles, sweating like dogs, 100 plus degrees, not knowing a damn thing about what's going on back in the motherland. They're too busy making sure that their ass doesn't get blown away. And they do it every day to protect us. So the next time or this time you have a gathering of family members of neighbors or whatever to celebrate the 4th of July if you honor, if you respect the flag and you respect those who protect it and you're a Christian take a minute or two to mention it to your your people there that are enjoying the barbecue or the swim fest or whatever they're doing together maybe even say a little prayer where the festivities begin? Do you think that might be possible, America? You know, sometimes I get accused of being really wound tighter than an eight-day clock when it comes to things like I'm talking about right now, and you damn bet you well, your rear-end I am. Because I see the people of America disrespectful as they are, the majority of them who don't give a rats behind about anything, not even their kids. Yet they call themselves Americans. But I bet you a dime to a dollar if they were asked to sacrifice something for their country, if they were asked to join the military because we have uh, a threat looming over the horizon for the motherland, you think they would? No. They wouldn't do it. We know that. We who pay attention know that. That's America today. Your daughters can go to your school. Your daughters from middle school, sixth grade on. They can go to your middle school up in Seattle, Washington and get fitted with an IUD. Get fitted with an IUD even against the wishes of the parent because you see the school won't ask the parent first. If that little sixth grade daughter says, yeah, I want one, but I don't want my parents to know about it, the school say, okay, come here in the back room and we'll put one in there for you. Sacrifice? High school guys graduating? Would you sacrifice uh, a one, maybe two years maybe two and a half years, three years of your early life to protect your country? Would you join a service that combat is not really a threat like, oh, I don't know, some parts of the Air Force or maybe the Coast Guard? Would you join one of those military units just to serve your country? Well, hell no, I'm not. I've got other things to do. I've got to go Party. I've got to go play some more video games. I've got to go play up on Facebook. I've got to go do this. I got. I ain't got no damn time for military. Let somebody else do it. Let that guy over there raise his hand in the uh, uh, graduation ceremony. He said he was going in the Marines. Let, he's doing it. I don't want to. Let him do it. That's America Today, ladies and gentlemen. That's America Today. And before we go to break, the bottom line on all about what I'm talking about and where all this is coming from, it's coming from the damn schoolhouse. It's coming from the schoolhouse, public schools. The very schools you send your children to are being taught all of this. Oh, not my school. How in the hell do you know? Do you ask your kids? Point blank. Mary, Are you are you have you been fitted with an IUD at school? Has the school passed out birth control pills to you, Mary? I want to know. Before I go down to the schoolhouse and beat down the door, I want you to know that I'm going to do it. But I'm giving you the chance to tell me first. Parents, moms and dads, aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas. America, our children is future is our uh, our future is our children. And if we raise children from this generation on, like is acting now out acting it out. America's not going to be America anymore. I don't know what the hell it's going to be. Just look around you at these young folks. Now, I'm not saying all young folks are this way, but I would say a majority are. They have no idea, no clue about what their country is, what it's about, about what's right and wrong. They've been taught there's gray areas that you can slide back and forth in. You never have to really tie yourself down to right or wrong. There's always an out. Because you see, Billy, you're always a victim. A victim is something. But we at the schoolhouse are here to help you, Mary. If you want to go out and fornicate like we've been teaching you how to do in sex class, just come on back here and we'll give you some birth control pills or fit you with an IUD. No big thing. Back here in the health clinic, the nurse will do it for you. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be back after a few short messages.
1: Folks, why won't we go to the doctor? My uncle called. Speech all slurred, complaining his arm's numb. He called everyone. He even called my daughter Tiara, because you know she's got a year of nursing. <laughs> everyone thinks he needs to go to the doctor, including me. So he said, Well, will you take me? I'm like, I'm on the road. He goes, I'll wait. <laughs> Strokes no joke. Down 911. Time loss is brain loss. Seriously, down 911. Visit StrokesNoJoke.org, brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires,
3: and I save lives.
1: My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives.
3: My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives.
2: You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can, too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit Save.org. In a crisis, Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK.
4: Freedom in America!
5: Freedom in America Radio Network. Presenting the traditional view of the good old American dream that you won't hear about on the liberal media.
4: Freedom in America! Yeah.
0: Alright, let's get a little sugar here. How about it? Yeah, big shout out to all my friends over there, at dogsofwar.com, freedominamericaradio.com, freedominamerica.us, restorationradiounitedkingdom.stephenlang, united kingdom. Stephen Lang, Scarlet, Billy Van Horn, all you dudes and dudettes. I hope you're having a great Friday. Stay uh, cool if you can, and stay legal if you can, too. Mr. Lang seems like he, um, had a birthday yesterday. Hmm, I wonder how old that old codger is. I wonder if he's reached deezer status yet. <laughs>
4: Harold! Harold!
0: Steptoe and son, maybe he's, I don't know, I don't think he's that old. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mister Lang! Happy birthday, mate! Belated, of course. I know you got the cake I sent you. <laughs> hey, folks! You need to go up on Restoration Radio, United Kingdom, and listen to Doc's Doc's news. Uh, Program, if you will. He's uh, just knocking them dead. You Wilburn, and have a listen. You got me you. Oh, 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 honey, honey. Billy Van Horn is getting more and more folks signed on to his uh, radio station. He's got one hell of a line Freedom in America Radio dot US, Freedom in America Radio dot com. Check those out. You know, folks. Before we go to break for the Fox 5-Minute News, we got, a, I don't know, ten fifteen minutes yet. We can talk about a lot in that 10 or 15 minutes. But you know, since today is Friday, anything goes. And normally, on Friday, we get a little crazy, normally. And we do things out of the norm that Gary Gatehouse normally doesn't do on his other weekday shows so i tell you what i'm going to do have a listen now we all know what comes after friday you go and party friday night but you still got saturday so here's a little song for saturday Oh yeah, Saturday night at the pubs, downtown London. Oh yeah. And summer, that means late closing in all you outlying areas of uh, Great Britain, all you little towns and boroughs, all you folks up there in Sheffield, I hope you're having a great day. Hope you have a great weekend up there in, oh, I don't know, Manchester, up in Leeds, down in Petersburg. I hope you all are having a great day. Saturday night. And I can't, or can't fail to mention, if you will, all those folks down there at Nathan's Head. I hope you're having a great day. If I'm not mistaken, the British Grand Prix is coming up sometime in July. I forget where it's going to be this year. It's either going to be in Brands Hatch or uh, Silverstone, I guess. Man, I remember those days. running around towster looking for ice ordinary ice not too far from Silverstone all you folks up there in Nacogdoches and Dallas all you folks up in Kansas City Philadelphia all you folks everywhere in the United States my brothers and sisters fellow patriots I wish you a great and happy and safe 4th of July. And I think I'm going to do this, folks, just one more time. Stand by. Here we go. Slow it down a little bit, if you will. (laughs) Where was you at when this song was being played? Can you think back that far? (laughs) You beat me to the punch. what a great song i enjoyed that song uh kind of brings back a few memories probably you guys out there that are a little long and tooth like gary is it you probably remember that song and you probably uh, i don't know probably are able to remember what you were doing when that song was being played at one particular time or another you know folks those kind of days are gone as far as us older folks are go and, are, are concerned and uh All the things that our young children, our sons and daughters are growing up in as far as environment goes, whether it be music, uh, the media, everything around them, just like everything that was around us back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, all that's changed. All that has changed 180%, 180 degrees from what it was when we were young folks, teenagers, young folks uh, just getting our first job, just getting our... Uh, Feet wet, firmly planted on the ground, whatever, and going out and uh, trying to make a living, earn uh, earn a living, and dating our first uh, love, and I, I don't know, all that stuff. And most of us proceeded on in life to finding our love of our life and getting married. And a lot of us, not all of us, stuck with the same lady or the same guy up to present day. And I can really say that we're probably in a minority when it comes to people that got married, oh, I don't know, back in the 60s. I can truthfully say that probably most of us that got married in that era are still with the same spouse. A lot of us divorced or something else tragic happened, but for the most part, I'm talking about divorce here. Divorce came along and it was made so easy... To folks of our generation that if things got a little tough, if things got a little uh, dark around the edges in your marriage, things just weren't working out the way you thought they were going to when you slid each other's rings on their fingers and you had the big oh, I don't know, party and all that that came with getting married and things don't, didn't work out well. There was always divorce and a lot of people got divorced. It didn't matter if they had kids didn't have kids, whatever. They just got a divorce. They just wanted to wipe the slate clean and start over. And a lot of them started over and some even started over two and three times, four times. And some never got it right. Some are still searching or some just gave up. But along the way, divorce in America has left a lot of problems. It's left a lot of trash, if you will. It's left a lot of young people that were born during the time, those times of divorce made easy, and their parents split and went their separate ways, and little kids were split between the mother and the father, and certain visitation dates and certain dates you could visit him and you couldn't see him or went to court because the father didn't have a job but he couldn't pay his child care so you're going to uh, throw him in prison or jail even though he's trying to get a job and it don't make any damn difference I'm going to throw him in jail anyway because he owes me the damn money well how are you going to get money out of somebody that doesn't have a job to make the money to pay you is a question I ask when I read stories about things like that but that doesn't matter here in America, it doesn't matter about all of the broken hearts, all of the broken families, all of the broken childhoods, uh, the folks that were raised from uh, broken families and mothers and fathers and separate sides of the United States or whatever. It don't matter. It didn't matter. And it still goes on today. So I sat here and preach conservatism and I sat here and preach the word of Jesus Christ and uh, the Almighty and I preach the truism, the Bible and the Word of God. and then you look around America today and none of what Jesus and God has taught has preached in our is being preached in our uh, churches and synagogues. A lot of it doesn't resonate with Americans anymore. Divorce is one of them. Divorce is just another way. Just another way to make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. If you're having a bad day with your spouse and that runs into a week or a month, get rid of them. There's always somebody else out there with an IUD implanted or something that you can go have fun with. Or you might be having fun with them now while you're still married. Who cares? You know, you look at that most corrupt couple in the world, in the United States at least, Bill and Hillary rotten Clinton and all that they did in public that showed the American people it was just fine it was just okay have affairs in the White House cigars stains on a uh, dress it was okay to destroy other people's lives it was okay to run roughshod over other people's lives it's just okay and Bill and Hillary Clinton are famous for that Destroying people's character, destroying people's backgrounds, destroying people, period. That's just the way they are. Now America will be considering in the not too distant future another Clinton to occupy the White House. A person who is has no character at all. A person who is a liar. A person who is an empty shell. A person who rides into the battle on the laurels of somebody else's hard work. A person who lies to the American people, has all the right cliches, has all the right ways of presenting herself, but standing up there with hollow eyes, no-so, and lying to the American people on a daily basis. And the Clintons know, the Clintons know, That divorce would not be an answer for their way, their lifestyle, because they live off each other. They feed off each other. Politically. And that's all it counts. That's all that marriage is. That's how Hillary got to where she is. She rode in on the uh, coattails of her damn corrupt husband. Hillary has nothing to offer the United States of America, but an old dried up uh, prune in a pantsuit. That's all she is why anybody why anybody would fall in line with her i do not know the only thing i can say is the people who do support her the people who do fall on their swords for her they all come from the same cut kind of cloth they are all useless liars and i guess that's about the bottom line these people today are no good are just no good But what we can do about it? We can vote against her. And I'm starting early. I'm starting early with the Gary Gatehouse radio show. The conservative preacher and I will be preaching against Hillary Clinton and any other person on the rhino side or the Republican side of the ticket that falls within the same guidelines, the same cut of cloth, if you will, as Hillary Clinton today we talk about him tomorrow not too far down the road we vote in between we have to make up our minds do we want a country that's going to go another put another foot into the cesspool of communism and, and debauchery and, and perversion well if we do we'll vote for we, uh, you'll vote for Hillary you'll vote for Hillary Because Hillary is nothing but a liar, a conniver. A person who has no ties with America except for the the fact she's lived off America her whole adult life. That's all Hillary's done. She's not an American. Her daughter's not an American. Bill's not an American. Even though he was uh, elected president. Yeah, he should have been arrested. But he wasn't. The person in the White House today should be arrested and put in prison. For all that he's done, but he won't be. Ladies and gentlemen, before we go to break, one more thing. What we need this coming president to be, based on all we've seen over the last eight years, based on what we know Hillary can do to further the cause of the Communist Democrat Party, what we need in the White House is a hard nose SOB that doesn't give a damn about political correctness, could give a rat's behind about what people think of him, does not want to rub elbows with the media, does not want to attend all the cocktail parties in D.C. with all the fancy dress. Somebody that's going to go in there, roll their sleeves up, and put America back on the main road again. And it's going to take a lot of character and a lot of know-how to do it. And ladies and gentlemen of America, I look around at all the people that are running for president on either side, and there could be maybe one or two that could maybe fit that category of a hard-nosed, take-no-prisoners president. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be right back.
2: You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5-minute news break.
6: Fox News Radio. I'm Ron Flatter. There was no evidence they were deleted on purpose, but a government inspection also says that Internal Revenue Service employees didn't do anything to find missing emails that Congress has been looking for, trying to find out how much former IRS supervisor Lois Lerner did to lean harder on conservative organizations. This all came out in a report that was issued Thursday.
0: There were some emergency backup tapes that the IRS had of these emails. And one of the most senior IT officials at the IRS told investigators that he was blown away when he found out that some of these tapes were demagnetized. And so it appears that there's about 24,000 email messages which have never been provided to Congress. There is evidence of these because there's a transactional log that details these
6: messages, but nobody knows what's in those emails. Fox's Chad Pergram at the Capitol. The jobless rate hit its lowest point in seven years, a number from the government's monthly report that was underscored by President Obama. The
3: unemployment rate's now down to 5.3%. Keep in mind, when I came into office, it was hovering around 10%. That continues a trend dating back to late
0: 2009. Wages remain stagnant, and fewer Americans are now in the job market, with worker participation rates down to just 62.6%, lowest level in nearly
6: 40 years. Fox is Kevin Cork at the White House. Four couples in Kentucky are going through the American Civil Liberties Union to sue a county clerk who's refusing to issue them wedding licenses. It's because of the Supreme Court's ruling last week in favor of gay marriage. Two of the couples are gay, two are straight. The clerk says if she can't use her Christian beliefs to exclude only gay couples, she won't issue any licenses at all. The Dow lost 28 points on a flat day of Wall Street trading before the three-day weekend. You're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced.
4: When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital.
6: Today, one out of 13 children suffer from some form of asthma, accounting for nearly one-third of all emergency room visits.
4: I feel like I'm choking. It's kind of like an elephant is... On my chest, a little whistle sound comes out when I breathe.
6: But while your child may suffer from asthma, asthma doesn't have to make your child suffer. There are simple ways you can prevent your child's next attack. To learn more, log on to www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many.
4: I feel like a fish with no water.
6: Brought to you by the EPA, the Ad Council, and this station. It's time to hurry up and wait. In Greece, where banks and the stock exchange are still closed and the government's finances hinge on Sunday's vote, to decide if the nation should accept loan terms from European creditors. Creditors who say that's why they stopped negotiating a new bailout deal. They're saying to the Greek government that we had a proposal on the table last Friday, you decided to walk away when it appeared it was very close. You decided to call this referendum on Sunday, and therefore let's let the political process play out. And I think the calculation on the part of the creditors is they believe that the yes vote, which would be for Greek people to say that, okay, we'll accept more austerity if that secures our place in the euro they believe that the yes vote could do well in this referendum the polling is wildly inconsistent sky news reporter robert nisbet in athens smoke is no longer coming out of where a csx train full of liquid petroleum fuel caught fire late wednesday in eastern tennessee the accident forcing about 5,000 residents to abandon their homes in and around maryville that's just south of knoxville a first responder the day of the attacks on America 14 years ago has hit it big in the New York lottery. A
4: retired New York City firefighter who responded to the World Trade Center attack on 9/11 has won five million dollars on a lottery scratch-off ticket. Carmelo Mercado bought the winning ticket in May. He was among the members of a Queens battalion who went to the towers on 9/11. He says he was not shocked when he realized that he won. He'll get 3.3 million in a lump sum payment. He says he plans to buy a summer home in florida and presents for his family with the winnings lisa lasara fox news radio
6: yes we will see triple crown winning horse american pharaoh racing again soon his owner says he will start next month in the million dollar haskell invitational on the new jersey shore pharaoh's last race is expected to be the breeders cup classic halloween night in kentucky i'm ron flatter fox news radio
0: Uh, welcome back to the second half of the Gary Gayhouse Radio Show. Second hour, if you will. You know, folks, I don't know if any of you uh, had the time or the, were around when Obama was standing up on stage with the El Presidente of Brazil, talking about all this new trade agenda he's got going, and trading with Brazil, and all this other fine and beautiful stuff that he's conjuring up putting together behind closed doors to screw the american people the american worker but did you know that the el presidente of brazil delima Rochef, did you know that she's a marxist did you know that she is a marxist and she's called being called a moderate but she indeed is a Marxist and has plenty of Communist Party allies. Now she said publicly that she is following the Communist Party of Brazil, and she said it's good to say was the only party aside from the PT which stood beside former Brazilian president and fellow PT leader Luis Incalgo Lua de Silva in an, all of the elections since nineteen eighty nine. Now, Rochef, a Rochef, told the roaring crowd before remarks, were drowned out by hysterical chanting. Between confiscating land from its owners at gunpoint and collaborating with the world's most ruthless despots and the ongoing quest or conquest of Latin America for socialism, supposedly moderate Brazilian President Dilma Rochef found time to rally the troops and reaffirm her alliance with Marxist at the Communist Party of Brazil's 13th Congress. Virtually nobody noticed it, nobody noticed it, especially in the established press. But the dramatic scene featuring the radical Brazilian leader speaking next to a giant poster of Karl Marx and mass-murdering Soviet dictator Vladimir Lenin was captured on camera, and it was indeed posted online. Now, ladies and gentlemen of America, I'm going to stop right there because I have a lot to say about this woman. I have a lot to say about her so-called good relationships with Barack Hussein Obama Jr. de Sisi, another communist. I have a lot to say about Fidel and Raul Castro of Cuba, which Obama has now jumped in bed with, more communism. President Obama has always sided with, has always moved forward to or sided uh, uh, up with, saddled up with, communist, Marxist, Leninist, all through his young career, all through his college career, all through his political career. He stood up there on the stage with the president of Brazil, a known communist Marxist, and sided with her. Did you re- Did you have a chance to hear anybody on Fox News, NBC, CBS, CNN? public broadcasting, give a little background on the Brazilian president and call her for what she has called herself, a communist? No, you didn't. Why? Because the uh, the uh, mainstream media, including Fox, is scared to death to use the word Marxist, Socialist, or Communist. They are scared to death to use it. Politically correct, has them by the throat. But they will go against a conservative. They will go against a Tea Partier. They will go against a Christian at the drop of the hat and call him every name in a book. Now we know that uh, the President of Brazil, Rousseff, and like I said, she has there's pictures of her standing with the Communist Party of Brazil right next to a picture of Karl Marx and mass murderer Soviet dictator Vladimir, Vladimir Lenin. We know it. The news media never reported. How did Gary Gatehouse find out about it? I did my research because I wanted to know just who this person was that Obama was touting as a trade partner. Now, the crowd at the Communist Party summit, which took place last week under the banner to advance and change, certainly loved the spectacle. As President Rousseau, a key figure in the Extreme Workers' Party, approached the podium, the Communist Party zealots stood up, clapped their hands above their heads, chanted and cheered, the Communist Party of Brazil, it's good to say, was the only party aside from the PT which stood beside former Brazilian president and fellow PT leader Luis Incaso-Lua da Silva, in all the elections since 1899, she said to a roaring crowd. And before her remarks were drowned out by historical chanting, or hysterical chanting, She went on to celebrate the Communist Party in Brazil. She also celebrated Communist terrorists and the deep bonds between her party and the Communists who she said were fighting the good battle on behalf of the people of Brazil. These are the kind of people that your president, not my president, I don't have a president right now. The house is vacant up here in D.C. as far as I'm concerned. There is nobody in that house but a bunch of garbage running around, a bunch of trash. But as far as some people's president, Barack Hussein Obama Jr. is concerned, he's in love with this woman, he's in love with the communism. After all, he's a communist itself. Now, there are critics of the Brazilian president who are working to expose her extremism on the role she plays in the ongoing conquest of the region for socialism. And they said the video showed Roseve's true colors, The ideology that Dilemma and her guerrilla comrades try to foist on Brazilian people in the 60s and are now trying to impose through peaceful schemes has become very clear. Noted a Brazilian Judeo-Christian anti-communist group known as Right Now. Look it up Right Now. Have a read. And in their comments about the video, we are walking toward a dictatorship of the proletariat here in Brazil, he said. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Obama has cited himself with a Brazilian communist Marxist. O- Obama has cited his- himself his self, saddled up to the Cuban communist brothers, Raul and, Ca- and Fidel. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, outside of a handful of newspapers and obscure communist publications in Latin America, it appears that the media coverage of Rousseau's participation at the Communist Party's Congress, not to mention her deeply controversial and revealing comments, has been virtually non-existent. Still, the Brazilian president took to Twitter to reiterate her support of the Communist Party and her collaboration with. This alliance has stayed solid for so long because there is an identification in our comments to a Brazilian or to Brazil that is just sovereign and democratic, she claimed, apparently without a trace of irony. And we here in America go completely dumb, dumb down, if you will, to the fact that the Brazilian president, the one that Obama stood up with in, with a news conference last week, and praised her, louder to speak, extending the hand of trade, even more so. We in America have never heard of her. We in America don't know she's a communist. And I would venture to say if you told Americans today, most of them would not give a damn. Just like with Cuba, with the Castro brothers. Communists from day one. Communists putting people in gulags, killing people. Housing the uh, USSR missiles pointed at us back during the 1960s. John Kennedy went after him and got him thrown out. Americans today probably don't even know that happened. And they probably don't care if it did. But you know folks, the Gary Gatehouse show will continue to shine a light on Marxist, communist, socialist, such as Obama, such as Hillary Clinton, such as the Communist Democrat Party, such as the leader of Brazil, the leaders of Cuba, all those communists that Obama buys into and sells us out with one stroke of the pen, one or two words. The Communist Democrat Party has always been in line with communism around the world. The Communist Democrat Party, the Sandinistas, Marxist, narco-terrorist groups, and a broad coalition of socialist communist forces. They've always been in line with them, regardless of who they are. Regardless of who they are. Because you see, your main mission in life is to turn America into a communist nation. This is Gary Gatehouse, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on the GAL Network, coming to you from South Texas.
4: 54
1: years old, mother of three. For years, I've experienced shortness of breath. It was holding me back, making it hard to do some of the things that were important to me and my kids. Then I heard about something called COPD. It's a serious lung disease that, as time goes by, makes it hard to breathe. And COPD is the fourth leading cause of death. That got my attention. So I talked to my doctor and took the simple breathing test. I found out I have it. I have COPD, but now that I know, I'm taking steps to make my breathing easier again, and I'm getting back to doing more things with my family, doing things I want to do.
3: If you have shortness of breath, talk to your doctor about COPD and get a simple breathing test. Learn more. Breathe better. Go to www.learnaboutcopd.org. A message from the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
4: Bye bye, Blues. Bye bye, Blues. Don't cry, don't sigh. Sun is shining,
0: no more pining. Just we two. Smile, Blues. You know, folks, it just so happens that the Gatehouse Radio show and the staff took it upon himself to do a little bit of recording of that uh, meeting between Obama and the President of Brazil. And we put together a little bit of what uh, she said through a translator and what he had to say after. Have a listen.
5: Well, I believe that part of my answer was given by President Obama, and I'd like to thank him for that. But I'd like to still make the following remark. Countries do go through crisis and difficulties it's just natural and the fact that countries experience difficulties and or crises should not entail a lesser role for any country especially because a country can only be said said to be a great country if it is able to successfully overcome difficulties that applies to countries to people it applies to everything in life once braveness to overcome difficulties challenges and face up to them and still sustain and uphold the commitment towards one's people and country it also applies to relations with countries such as the us and the rest of the world these are essential relations i think brazil and the u.s have a great deal in common we are two countries that have a hallmark in our history something that we actually had to fight to overcome i'm talking about the Blemish of slavery. We have Large black populations in our two countries. We are countries marked by a very significant ethnic and multicultural Variety in our population makeup and that is a major asset the wonderful heritage in our population the same is true for the u.s. We are also two strong democracies Brazil Just as is the case of the United States and I even congratulated President Obama for having overcome the crisis that struck this country back in 2008 and 2009, likewise Brazil will overcome the effects of the current crisis that strikes Brazil. And we will do so very sure-footedly, very decisively, with a great sense of commitment. More than that, we will not only resume growth, but we will uphold and ensure continuity of all of the gains and achievements that we have established in the past 12 years, in the course of the past 12 years. And we will make sure that these gains multiply into the future. We truly want to build a predominantly middle class country. I think that the efforts to reduce inequality are a major gain, and we must fight to preserve those gains.
0: Multiculturalism, inequality, middle class, black power, racism. All code words, there's a code words in the cover all of that. And I would swear to God that the same people that write Obama's teleprompter speeches wrote hers. She sounds like a female Obama. But you know, when she is not celebrating Marxism and Leninism with the Communist Party, her administration or regime, as critics refer to it as, spends its time following their blueprints for imposing tyranny. As a New American reported exclusively earlier this year, for example, federal Brazilian troops wearing United Nations insignias were inviting or evicting entire towns at gunpoint and seizing the land under bogus pretexts. More recently, propaganda organs of the Cuban administration or the Cuban regime ruling Cuba celebrated Rove's executive decrees that step up land exportations under the guise of agricultural reform. Now in terms of foreign policy outside of Latin America, Rossif and her administration are also working closely with the communist and socialist regimes in China, Russia, India, and South Africa, dubbed the BRICS, the powerful alliance said it in its recent declaration that the end goal is to further is to further empower the United Nations for global governance and create a global currency. Within Latin America, meanwhile, Brazilian authorities have been cooperating with Marxist despots and socialist rulers to erect a vast patchwork of totalitarian, dominated, transnational integration, outfits like the CELAC and UNASUR and more. And of course, when not in full control, communist parties and movements have historically tended to talk publicly of virtues like justice and peace. Whenever they manage to seize the coercive apparatus of the state, however, bloodshed, tyranny, terror, purges, re-education, and mass murder almost inevitably follow. Among them examples, North Korea, Cuba, Vietnam, China, Russia, Eastern Europe, Cambodia, and more. While precise figures are difficult to come, to come by these days, thanks mostly to communist efforts to conceal their crimes from outside world, conservative estimates suggest that communist regimes murdered well over 100 million people in the 20th century alone. Ladies and gentlemen of America, we have a President of the United States that's a communist. We have a political party that's a communist, the Democrat Party. We have a political leader in the White House, who is a communist. His sidekick, Valerie Jarrett, is a communist. You know, folks, when is America going to wake up to the fact that Obama is not an American? Obama sides and saddles up to everybody that is against America. He is very comfortable and feels very at home with people like the president of Brazil, the president of Cuba, fellow communist. When is the American people going to wake up to the fact that America is under the boot of a communist president? We'll be right back. We'll be right back after the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Mrs. Schlafly is president of Eagle Forum, a leading force in the pro-family movement since 1972. And now, here's Mrs. Schlafly.
2: Independence Day is Saturday, and Americans will be celebrating our great country. Most Americans would agree that America is exceptional compared to the rest of the world. But there are some liberals who like to downplay America's greatness. President Obama said... I believe in American exceptionalism, just as I suspect the Brits believe in British exceptionalism and the Greeks believe in Greek exceptionalism. Obama loves to make statements like those. He goes around the world apologizing to other nations for alleged wrongs that America has committed. Liberals especially like to make sure that our schoolchildren are taught that America is only as good or even worse than other nations. That philosophy totally ignores the historical facts of American exceptionalism. Unlike other nations throughout history, America is not a nation that hungers for empire. We are the only major power that goes to war without any intention of expanding our own territory. When we defeated Spain in the Spanish-American War, many people initially thought that we took the Philippines in order to gain territory. President McKinley assured the world that America's mission was to uplift and Christianize the Filipinos. True to our word, we declared the Philippines to be independent on July 4th, 1946. That is only one example of how America is so different from other nations. America is truly exceptional because our Constitution created a system in which people are rewarded for their hard work and innovation. The Judeo-Christian values that have guided America have been fundamental to America's success. The Constitution has proved itself many times over, which is why Americans enjoy the longest surviving form of government in the world. We should be proud to call ourselves Americans. On this Independence Day, let's remember that we are celebrating a nation that is truly exceptional.
1: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. Want to join in on the spirited debate over issues you care about? At EagleForum.org, Phyllis Schlafly is blogging about education, radical feminism, government health care, national security, parental rights, and more. Stay informed and add your own comments to the blog at EagleForum.org. Thanks for listening and join us
3: next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. It's important that we take time to remind ourselves that household products essential to our daily routines, if misused, can be deadly. While the rates of inhalant use are on a downward trend, we must remain steadfast in our public education efforts and continue to talk to our young children about the consequences of decisions they may make relative to the use of inhalants. At SAMHSA, we are releasing a new report that reveals that the use of inhalants among adolescents is declining. In 2007, 3.9% of adolescents used inhalants, down from rates of between 44 and 4.6% from 2002 to 2006. This is an encouraging trend, however much remains to be done. The data show that 17.2% of adolescents who initiated illicit drug use in 2007 started with inhalants. Inhalants remain consistently one of the first choices of initial drug use. Let's be clear. The consequences of this behavior are serious and can be lethal. National Inhalants and Poison Awareness Week provides an excellent opportunity to educate ourselves, our families, and our friends. There's no doubt that we all have a role to play. I encourage all to visit www.inhalance.org for information about the National Inhalant Prevention Coalition and ways to get involved in the community effort to address this issue.
0: Alright, here's a song for all you hairy guys out there. Still wear your hair long. All you old hippie geezers. (laughs) This song's for you. Why
4: I'm a hairy guy. I'm hairy noon and night. night. My hair is a fright. I'm hairy high and low But don't ask me why Cause he don't know It's not for lack of bread Like the grateful dead, <laughs> Long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, streaming, flaxing, waxing. Give me down to there, shoulder length, long. All right.
0: You go, Friday, Anything Goes, a song that was dedicated strictly to guys' hair, I guess, and all the things that lived in it. <laughs> you know, when I came back in Vietnam, I was just absolutely flabbergasted at the way men uh, had changed as far as what they were wearing, what they were saying, and their hair, man. You know, it was. I come back with a buzz and hear these dudes are walking around with hair down to their kneecaps. <laughs> anyway, that's all water under the bridge, right? Yeah, you're right. It is. Way back eons ago. But you know, folks, been talking about the Brazilian El Presidente and her Marxist communist ties and support. Where she's coming from, and all the different issues that uh, I guess she is pushing in conjunction with the communist socialist movements of India and, and uh, Vietnam and Cuba, so on. Then we have our Communist Party president. I don't know if he's a member of the Communist Party, he just signs on to the ideology. And his party. The Communist Democrat Party, which indeed signs on to the ideology uh, ideology, and operates really off of the uh, 1963 Communist Manifesto that I talked about the other day. You need to go up and look at that and read it one by one, what's in that manifesto. And then compare that to what Obama says, compare it to the political scene here in America, compare it to our media, our political parties, our churches, our schools. It will enlighten you. It will put you on a new footing when it comes to, I guess, worrying about your country, where it's going. You will have more insight on where your country really is today, what your kids are learning today, and what is the cause of all of it. You'll find that out just by taking the time, 20 minutes, to type in Communist Manifesto 1963 and read it. 20 minutes. I know it's so painful today for Americans to read. There's no pictures involved. There's no videos involved. It's strictly reading. So I give you that warning right now. I know it's so damn hard to read anything today. It's so boring, man. There's no there's no videos. There's no things getting blown up or people getting stabbed or heads cut off. You know, I just can't. I can't take it unless there's videos or there's a movie or something tied in with it. I just can't do it, man. I can't read, man. I got a text. Now, if you text me, I'll read it. Text me, Text me on my little screen on my phone and I'll read it while I'm bumping into walls and everything else. But I will. I'll read it while I'm driving down the road. America, most of you, not all of you, are so damn ignorant. And I don't give a damn for saying it. But you know, giving back to communism in our own hemisphere. Communism marching forward in South America. Why has Obama and his minions, the Communist Democrat Party, allowed our southern borders to be overran? by third world trash coming or emanating from South America. Why? Why would that be? Now let's look at this in real terms. Let's look at this in a a logical way. You're the president of the United States and you're a communist. You don't like the idea of America being a republic. By the way, Obama and president of Brazil, we are not a democracy. We are a damn republic. Please get that straight. And all you people up in Congress, please get that straight. Write it down on a piece of paper and paste it on your darn screen of your computer or wherever you're at talking from. America is a republic, not a democracy. There is a big difference. Why has Obama and his minions allowed our southern borders to be overran by third world South American trash emanating from But the headline is Leftist Advance, Nation by Nation. You know, the Venezuelan people are not the only ones suffering under this resurgence of fanatical left-wing communist leaders. The BBC reported way back in 2005 that 75% of South Americans were governed by leftist rulers, all of whom have risen to power in the preceding six years. And the trend has only accelerated since then, with some analysts using the term pink to describe the phenomenon that has enveloped all of Latin America. Let's look at them uh, uh, country by country. Bolivia! With strong backing from Chavez, the former uh, cocoa farmer, Evo Morales, of the Movement for Socialism, assumed power in 2006. His party now controls about two-thirds of both parliamentary houses and has already redistributed over 60,000 acres of land. Foreign capital has nearly vanished, but incredibly, the government promises to intensify its orders or efforts. Ecuador, radical leftist Rafael Rafael Correa, or C-O-R-R-E-A another proponent of Chavez, 21st century socialism, became president in 2007. Socialism will continue, he boldly announced after being elected, ending his victory speech with communist mass murderer Ernesto Che Guevara's famous words, Hasta la, la victoria sempre, until victory always forever. You know, Brazil, we just talked about, Latin America's largest nation has been under the thumb of a charismatic, radical, left-wing president since 2003, though... He does not have a better job of concealing his true intentions than other rulers in the region. He, a former labor pr- uh, leader who helped found the Workers' Party, Luis Incasio Lula de Saba, has poured vast sums into wealth redistribution and various anti-poverty schemes. Through widely seen, though widely seen and presented as a moderate, he is far from it. In conjunction with the communist despot Fidel Castro, Lula, as he is affectionately known, spawned a powerful, a very powerful socialist kapal that united leftist terrorists, social movements, and political parties in an astounding successful effort to conquer Latin America for the left. Now this has all been handed over to the present leader, and she is carrying right on tune. She's a Marxist and a communist, and she signs on to everything everything that Luis Incasio Lula de Silva had worked so hard to do in Brazil, turning Brazil into a communist country. Nicaragua, revolutionary Marxist and Sandinista Daniel Ortega reassumed leadership in 2007 despite a long record of violent rule and accusations by his stepdaughter of systematic sexual abuse. He was never prosecuted, owning to a government immunity and the State of limitations. In a bid to extend his power, Ortega's first act in 2010 unconstitutionally extended the terms of corrupt but supportive judicial officials under the guise of stability. Sounds like something Obama is working towards. Other nations in the region that have come under control of leftist leaders in the last decade include Uruguay, Chile, Argentina, Paraguay, El Salvador, the Dominican Republic, and other Caribbean, Caribbean nations. And more, many of the rulers came to power in questionable elections, with accusations of fraud running rampant. And in the few nations that have not already fallen to extremist left-wing governments, leftist forces often represent the main opposition parties. Examples of this are include Peru, Colombia, and Costa Rica. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, we have people in our country from all those countries that have come across our borders and uh, have been afforded afforded the right of refugee, according to Obama and his communist minions. You know, the driving force of socialism present and its present stature in the southern latitude shouldn't have been altogether unexpected, ladies and gentlemen. As the poor and middle class in those countries revolted against false promises made by power-hungry rightists, supposedly, politicians and governments that sold the people on a type of corrupt capitalism peddled as a free market capitalism while purporting to support freedom and free markets, these leaders often engage in a type of crony capitalism instead of true true, uh, capitalism. That's what Obama's doing. That's what all the people in South America are doing. They're promising something they'll never be able to keep. But they have managed to hoodwink the populations of all those countries mentioned into becoming socialist, to sign on to it and support it. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, that is happening right here in our country. Obama has, has converted many, many millions the Communist Democrat Party has converted many millions into becoming socialist. And that's been a process that has taken decades, but it has now come to realization, to fruition. We see it right in front of our face. How America treats communism, they don't believe it. How they treat socialism, they, they equate that to being an American and everything America has to offer should be given to them free of charge? America is right there with South America when it comes to socialism. Obama knows that importing communism via so-called refugees, so-called undocumented workers, is in fact bringing their communism with him. He's importing communism to this country. What faster way to convert America to communism than in, that to imported from other countries. Dumb down the American population to a point where they do not have the capability to determine what is right and what is wrong with America. Dumb down the population to the point where they have no idea, no concept on what America is, who founded it, why it was founded, our political system, our system of government, etc., When this comes to tradition, and it's almost there, then you have a country ripe for communism. And I hate to say it, America, that time has arrived. America is a country of sheep, a country of ignorant, dumbed-down, indoctrinated population that don't have a clue, don't give a damn. That's America today. That's America today, ladies and gentlemen. Whether you want to face it or not, You've got to own up to what's going on in your country. And that is what's transpiring here and now in a great nation of we call our motherland, America. And when we come back, I've got something to tell you you will not believe. You will not believe this, but it is true. We'll be right back.
1: You are listening
0: to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. Well, all you folks up here on Twitter, make sure you tune in to dogsofwar.com up on Twitter. And if you get a chance, stop by the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on the GAL Network up on Twitter. Drop by and have a visit. Give me a thumbs up if you like. We'll be right back.
6: More than two million Americans have served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and the Department of Veterans Affairs reports that approximately 11 to 20 percent of those warriors may have experienced symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. As we recognize PTSD Awareness Month, Real Warriors campaign volunteer Meg Mitchum, a former Army combat medic who served in Iraq, encourages fellow warriors to reach out when they need help.
4: The hardest step was admitting that I needed help coping with PTSD. Once I did, my command and unit fully supported me, and I was able to get the care I needed. Getting support helped me succeed in the military, and now in my civilian career.
6: If you or a loved one is coping with an invisible wound, resources are available, and they work. For more information, visit the Real Warriors campaign at realwarriors.net, or call 866-966-1020.
4: Well, here, a new listener.
1: Hey, this ain't your little sister's radio station.
0: A Friday, glorious Friday. Big holiday coming up, 4th of July. I hope you all got your plans ready. I do. Got all my hot dogs and all that in stock ready to rock and roll. Before the break, I told you I was going to tell you something you would not believe. And before I tell you, I would like for you, if there's a chair or a seat, probably better a bed to lay down on to listen to this. And before you do that, if you're a working stiff like many millions of us are, and you adhere to all the laws of the land and the Constitution, believe in it, believe in your country, adore your children, adore your wife or husband, just absolutely in love with your parents, your brothers and sisters if you have them, your friends, and you just love America. And you love for everything it stands for in your environment anyway. And you love everything that your mother and father taught you and brought you up to be. And you're a hard-working individual that pays your taxes, that abides by the laws, pays your mortgage on time, pays your car payment on time if you have one, puts food on the table, sometimes very good food for your kids, your wife, have enough money to take them to the show on we- on the weekends. This weekend's coming up. It's a big 4th of B- July celebration. The birthday of our country. Independence Day. And you've got big plans. Oh, you've got big plans. You're going to have people over from the neighborhood. You're going to have your parents over, your brothers and sisters over, your friends. And you're just going to have one hell of a time. celebrating Independence Day. Shoot some fireworks off. And just make a whole weekend of it. That's the way Americans do. That honor their country. That work hard. And enjoy what America affords them. The freedoms to do it. For right now anyway. But like I said, I hope you're sitting down. Better yet, if you're laying down, to listen to what I have to say. What I have to report to you. On how your money, your hard tax money, Federal money, state money, county money is being spent by those you elected, by those who are in charge. Homeland Security, order given, give transgender illegal alien detainees their choice of undergarments. After six months of study, and millions of dollars, the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, a division of the Department of Homeland Security, ran by a flaming liberal communist, has issued new guidelines on how to care for transgendered illegal aliens who end up in detention facilities awaiting possible deportation. Probably deported to, oh, I don't know, Wyoming, Kansas City, maybe down here in Texas. They're going to be deported. <laughs> The goal of the Transgender Care Memorandum is to provide a respectful, safe, and secure environment for all illegal detainees, all illegal aliens, including those individuals who identify themselves as transgender. Among the questions to be asked of men who identify as women or vice versa, do you prefer to wear male or female clothing? Are there any specific clothing items, uh, e.g. undergarments, that you need that you have not been provided? And we all know this is torture to you. This is torture. Those mean Republicans, those mean conservatives, those mean Tea Party folks don't want you to wear the panties that you've always wore when you hung out down in Mexico. So we're going to give you some. That makes you feel real good, doesn't it, Mr. Tommy Tan, or whatever your name is, transgender? Now, there's an attachment to the guideline notes, and those attachments read that detention standards do not restrict the provision of gender-appropriate clothing. In general, bras should be provided to individuals who request them as appropriate. Hey, senor, my name is Jose, but I feel like a woman today. I I need a big bra and a pair of great big panties. Give me some panties and a bra and a dress right now and some high heels right now. Oh uh, yes, sir, we'll go get them right now. They're over here in this box. It was sent down to us by, uh, Victoria's Secrets. What size would you like, senor? Oh, give me a, I don't know, give me a great big boobies. I want boobies. Big boobies. Yes, sir, right away. America is glad to help you out. After all, we have a rainbow White House, we have a rainbow president, we have a rainbow Congress, and we have a rainbow population in America that is just dying to see what you got, what kind of packages you got when you get out in, oh, I don't know, New York City or San Francisco. Just make sure that you get the right brown panties. Oh, we like the black ones, yes. We like the little black ones there. Other questions for transgender detainees include would you feel safer being housed in a cell with someone else or by yourself? Do you have a preference for whether a male or female staff member searches you? Oh, I'd like to have a male I'd like to have a male search me. Hmm. But you didn't you just say you was a female? Yeah, but I'd like male search me. Yeah, see over here, over here. Wait till I get my stuff on then he can come search me. When there are questions about an illegal alien's gender identity, ICE intake officials are instructed to ask right at the start, do you wish to disclose your gender identity? Would you like to check the box of male or female or transgendered? Or, oh, there's 26 other gender cases or uh, uh, boxes you can check here. You can check whatever you like, then request whatever clothes you like. If the detainee identifies as transgender or has a gender identity different from his or her biological sex that God gave them, ICE officials shall record that determination in the appropriate data system. Jose says he's a woman. He's 6'5 and weighs 390 pounds. Jose says he's a woman. We don't have a bra or a pair of panties that will fit him. So the United States government is going to have to issue us some appropriated money to make Jose a size extra, extra, extra large panty and an extra, extra, extra large bra just to make him feel at home in America as a transgendered fat ass. If the detainee identifies as transgender or has a gender identity different from his or her biological sex, ICE officials shall record that determination, like I said, in the appropriate data box to be reviewed later by some homosexuals at the White House. The guidelines state the detainee shall not be disciplined for refusing to answer any gender identity-related questions during processing, for not disclosing complete information in response to questions asked about gender, gender identity, or for falsely reporting that he or she is not transgendered. Oh no, we can't. If they can lie, they can lie out of their backsides to us. We can't say anything. He can be a guy today, a girl tomorrow, uh, a hog today, a. Uh, uh, um, a rat the next day. It's it makes no difference. We'll provide him with whatever he or it needs. Hold on your hold on to your hats here. Hold on to your hats. Transgender detainees who were already receiving hormone therapy when taken into ICE custody will continue to get it. And all transgender detainees must have access to mental health care and medications such as hormone therapy, therapy based on medical needs. You, Mr. and Mrs. America, are paying for all this degenerate, inhumane, in, insane, so-called helping the transgender along, the illegal alien along guidelines. You're paying for all of it with your tax dollars. But the guidelines also expand the ICE bureaucracy. ICE detention facilities must create and operate a Transgender Classification and Care Committee, TCCC, which will write and individualized detention plans for each, each transgender detainee. Ladies and gentlemen, does that make you feel good? Does it make you feel good? Here's more. Here's more. And supervising or supervisor, homosexual field liaisons will be appointed to regularly communicate with a new national enforcement and removal operation homosexual coordinator who will report on the progress of implementing the new guidelines. The Transgender Care Memorandum reaffirms ICE's commitment to provide a safe, secure, and respectful environment for all those in our custody, including those individuals who identify as transgender, said ICE Enforcement and Removal Operations Assistant Director Thomas Holman. He went on to say, We want to make sure our employees have the tools, no pun intended, and resources available to learn more about how to interact with transgender individuals and ensure effective standards exist to house and care for them throughout the custody cycle. Oh, I know America, I know Christians, that makes you feel, it makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside to know that the illegal aliens that profess to be transgender, male or female or it or whatever, that America and American taxpayer dollars is going to take care of them. It's going to make them feel good. Gary Gatehouse says give them bras, give them panties, whatever they require. After all, America honors all homosexuals regardless if legal or illegal. Give them a Barack Hussein Obama Jr. DeSisi autographed pic of the homosexual rainbow house that he now lives in. You know, the one that used to be called the White House. Give them hormone therapy at the expense of straight America. And oh, by the way, you American homosexuals, you are paying for illegal homosexuals that need or want hormone therapy as well. Oh, I forgot. You're probably getting it free as well, though. Damn, whatever. Escape me to say that. Folks, we are not making this up. We're not making this up. ICE now has homosexual field liaisons that will regularly communicate with a all-new National Enforcement and Removal Operations Homosexual Coordinator. Straight America? Does this kind of make you wonder how low our government can stoop? scraping the bottom of the barrel kowtowing to the homosexual lifestyle and and using your money straight America to do it does it make you feel good does it make you feel good Christian churches does it make you feel good that your beliefs your teachings from the Holy Bible the word of God is being thrown in your face is being stuck up your kazoo By the rainbow White House and the rainbow prancing homosexual loving limp-wristed probably switch hitting a president? Does it make you feel good, America? I knew it would. Now you can sit up. I have no more to say on this issue. You can get off the bed. You can wipe your brow and say, I thought maybe he was talking about an atomic bomb going off somewhere. Well, it did. It's called a homosexual fascist movement in every facet of our life in government. It's blown this country apart. I don't know of any other way to put it. I don't know any other way to put it. You know, Christians have been charged with discrimination for exercising the religion in the running of a flower shop, photography studios, bakeries. And now they are alleged the victims of discrimination themselves through the policy of a Massachusetts library system. A non-profit evangelical legal group has sued Lawrence, Massachusetts over the public's library's refusal to allow Christian groups to use its meeting rooms to discuss their faith. These people pay taxes as well. These people have a right to the First Amendment. These people fork out tax money every day, every month, every year to pay, probably their county and state taxes, to pay for these libraries, and yet because they have a cross on their forehead are Christians they cannot access meeting rooms to discuss their faith. The facility allows a wide range of interest groups to use the rooms but refused an application from Liberty Council for a civil and educational program that included religious content. The library's policy state religious groups may use the library's meeting rooms for administrative purposes but shall not be allowed to use for the sake of, I don't know, talking about a particular belief, Christian belief, or a point of view. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it is getting bad here in America. We talked about communism today running rampant in South America coming our way already here. We talked about Obama in bed with communist leaders in Brazil and Cuba. We've talked about communism not allowing people of Massachusetts, Lawrence, Kansas, because of Lawrence, Massachusetts, because they are Christian. They cannot use public libraries, meeting rooms to discuss their Christian religion and other things. We've talked about all of our immigration facilities and agencies that are now handing out panties and bras. And helping illegal aliens who claim to be transgendered people. Helping them along the way. Giving them treatments. Hormonal treatments. Everything you can think of over the sun just to make them feel comfortable here in America. Illegals. Yet legal American, straight American Christians are treated like trash by their own government, by their own president, by their own counties, by their own states. And anybody that is perverted... Anybody that is down in the dirt, filthy, when it comes to morals, why they're treated like kings and queens. They're afforded all the opportunity, everything that's available to them under the sun in America, provided by straight America. We're paying for all this perversion. We're paying for all this kowtowing to homosexual fascism. We're paying to all this stuff to... Continue the uh, lifestyles of illegal aliens that consider or said they are transgendered and need bras and panties and hormone treatments and all kinds of stuff. It's coming out of your pocket, Mr. and Mrs. America. It's not only a sin that our money is being used for this. It's in your face, Christians. Christians. The government of the United States of America, the rainbow president that lives in the rainbow White House, the limp-wristed, stealth Muslim, silver-tongued devil from the south side of Chicago is telling you, Christian America, you can stick it, go to the back of the room. What you think of, what you believe in, does not count. It isn't worth a hill of beans. This is the new America. The new homosexual-ran America. The new America that is ran by secularists and haters of America. You know, like I opened the show, I said that you're listening to the Gary Gatehouse, Gary Gatehouse, preacher of conservative values. That's exactly what I am. and That's what I'm going to continue to be. And that's what I am going to stand up against is what I spoke of today. I'm going to continue to shine the light of truth on all of this sinful perversion that has gripped America by the throat and is led by that tooth that large-toothed, lop-eared, limp-wristed S.O.B. in the White House. The Rainbow House. This is Gary Gatehouse, and hoping you have a fantastic 4th of July weekend. Wishing all my brothers and sisters in England, Europe, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, a great weekend. Be safe, love your families, pray for your countries, and pray for pray for America. We need every prayer we can get. Until Monday, this is Gary Gatehouse saying good day.